0: John Fetterman is a absolute content machine because he dresses like crap, had a stroke, can't speak, but yet he's in Congress. John Fetterman spoke to the United Auto Workers yesterday. You won't believe the gibberish that came out of his mouth, or maybe you will. Don't at me starts right now. Hey, welcome once again. It is an absolutely spectacular, and I mean, my mic is right here. It must have fallen down. An absolutely spectacular day here in Indianapolis. And before I get into whooping a bunch of guys out of money last yesterday shooting a 74, I got to show you what John Fetterman, the congressman in Pennsylvania, did. Now, we all know that John Fetterman has some mental health issues, and we're not making fun, or maybe we are. And if we're making fun and you don't like it, tough. Duff, the dude's a congressman. Look, when Donald Trump was in office or Dan Quayle was in office, people lost their mind making fun of him. So don't at me about whether or not we're going to make fun. Tell me you wouldn't make fun of this. This is a man that was voted into Congress. This is a congressman speaking to the United Auto Workers on strike. Listen right now.
1: My message to the the CEOs the CEOs is you know it's seventy four million dollars you know collectively earning that you know how many yachts can they need you know you to to yacht to water uh, ski behind it you know I mean it's it's crazy you know I don't know. this is my message it's a
0: strong message it's a strong message let me read it verbatim my message is to the the CEOs CEOs is you know it's 74 million, you know, collectively earning that. you know how many yachts can you need you know to to yacht, to water, uh, ski behind it, you know I mean it's it's crazy, you know I don't my message. that is verbatim what you just heard from a congressman. ladies and gentlemen, we are insane in this world. That is a man. That is a, quote, leader in our country. That is a man that is a leader in our society. That is a man that was apparently chosen by the good people of Pennsylvania to be their representative in Congress. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, if that's the best you got in Pennsylvania, I've been to Pennsylvania. You go to Allegheny. My stepson, Jared, went to Allegheny College. We went basically every Saturday home game. We drive to Allegheny. We drive through Allegheny, and it's literally The Walking Dead. Everybody looks like John Fetterman, except they're not as it big. John Fetterman gets to eat more. Dude staying at the hotel looked all messed up. I'm not sure, but they were wearing the same thing. Hoodies and gym shorts were all the rage, and I'm guessing if I spoke to him, which I did some because I'm a man of the people, yo, uh, they sounded like him. Let's play Fetterman again, can we? I, I just love this. I love that this is your guy right here betterment.
1: My message to the, the CEOs the is, you know, it's $74 million, you know, collectively earning that. You know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to, to, yacht, to, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, I don't. Know.
0: Two years ago, he had a stroke. Hey, look, don't at me about it. If you go have a stroke, then you retire from public life, and we see a video like this, we feel bad for you. But you apparently are arrogant enough that you don't have to wear a suit and tie. You think you're a man of the people. Then you go out and speak, and you embarrass yourself, and I don't care what you got to say. This is just ridiculous. But again, you won't hear the media cover this. You won't hear the media cover any of this. But this is awful. I'm not kidding. Now, look, let's be honest. This is simply ridiculous. Remember when vaccines were all the rage. I got to ask you, what happened? Like, are people still dying from COVID? You know, all of a sudden, Joe Biden got into office and we stopped the nightly COVID count. All of a sudden, I don't know, COVID is back now. COVID gives me a headache. I I don't know. Is it here? Is it not? Is it deadly? Is it not? Is it the flu? Is it a cold? Are you sick? Are you dead? Do you need the iron lung? I, I don't know. People look at me all the time and they're like, hey, What's going on with COVID? And I go, I don't know. But apparently, if you remember, I'm sorry, he's a senator. Yeah, didn't I say that? Anyway, here's the deal. Back when it was all hot and bothered about the vaccine, you're a terrible American. You didn't get the vaccine. Greg Doyle, Carson Wentz is a bad teammate. He didn't get the vaccine. I'll drive you to the airport. Apparently, apparently... Mark Cuban, uh, he refused to let unvaxxed journalists interview him. Okay. You know, on Zoom. Now I want you to think about that for a second. On Zoom. On Zoom. You see it right there. Hey, look, I don't know what to tell you. Cuban, I've always said this. You do whatever you want with the media. You don't want to talk to some guys? Don't talk to them. You want to talk to some guys? Talk to them. Hey, look, but on Zoom, I'm not worried about getting somebody's virus on Zoom, I don't think. I mean, I had COVID three times. COVID's real, I, I guess. I, I, you know, I, I know it is. I mean, I had a couple people that I knew died. But I got to tell you, I would let a journalist on Zoom interview me. I guess it's his way. It's not about getting the disease. I guess it's his way of telling people, I'm not participating with you. And hey, look, I got no problem with it. Cuban, you go be Cuban, man. Oh, that's a big problem. It doesn't surprise me. There were there were direct lines drawn by people, and that's the way it went. Maybe we'll get back to that. I don't know, but the election and everything else that we do in our country will will bring this back, and we'll see what happens. I, I I just it's crazy to me. This is insane to me. All right, so Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker decides that he is going to fall for a woman named Brenda Tracy. Brenda is, as you know, an advocate for sexual assault survivors, victims of sexual assault. And she drives around, flies around the country, and she tells young men, basically young men, how to go about the business of having consensual relationships. She instructs them. She warns them. She does all the things necessary, and she's built a business out of it. Mel Tucker is a big old football coach. Mel Tucker is not a particularly good football coach. He's had one nice year when he had the kid Walker, and they were pretty good. But Mel Tucker apparently isn't the greatest husband, and that's fine, too. Hey, look, I've never respected cheating on your wife. I never have. I never will. I was in a marriage 22 years. I knew eventually the marriage, it was going to be, but I never cheated on my wife. I just don't respect it. My Catholic guilt would kick in. I don't know. It's who I am. Have I done dumb things? Yes. But I've never cheated on my wife. Never. It's it's exhausting. So Mel Tucker's got a wife, and he decides he's attractive to this young lady. This young lady comes to speak to the team. They develop a relationship. Mel Tucker decides he's going to make her an honorary captain. Mel Tucker decides, wait a second, I want this relation to go farther. Apparently, so does Brenda Tracy. They talk on the phone numerous times for 37 minutes, which isn't a lot of time. Lee and I, this is a true story. When Lee lived in Syracuse and I lived in Indy and I was trying to woo here, we would talk on the phone literally three hours a night. Two, three, four hours a night. I'm being totally honest with you. It was insane. Never FaceTime because, I don't know, we were weird that way. But the truth of the matter is I get it. I understand. There are two people that are exploring a weird relationship. There are two people that have to be kind of quiet about it. Next thing you know, Mel Tucker decides to take it a little bit farther. Mel Tucker decides that he is going to, well, he's going to pleasure himself on the phone. Now, that's all well and good. But the problem is Mel Tucker had put brought this woman into Michigan State. He was crapping, excuse me, yes, he was crapping where he ate. And you cannot do that. So what? Fast forward. Suddenly, amazingly, the woman, oh my God, nobody saw this coming, is mad, whatever the reason she's mad. Don't know. Maybe it's he broke it off. Maybe she feels assault. I don't know. But what I do know is that she started filing Title IX complaints to Michigan State University. Michigan State University had all this information. It happened to blow up. I believe it was a Sports Illustrated uh, story or USA Today story, excuse me, a uh, few weeks ago. Once that blew up, Michigan State once again being Michigan State had egg on its face. And Michigan State had to do something, so Michigan State is now trying to file Mel, fire Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker stands to lose listen for it seventy nine million dollars. A lot of people are telling you he's going to lose ninety. No, he's already been paid eleven, so he's okay. He's going to be fine. But Mel Tucker is going to go out there and he's going to defend himself because seventy nine million is a lot of coinage. His reputation's a lot of coin. So Michigan State said yesterday, we are in the process of firing Mel Tucker. It's a difficult process. Here's what Mel Tucker had to say. Michigan State knew about the information on which it supposedly relies to end my contract since at least March of 2023. Yet only after Ms. Tracy and potentially others leaked the confidential investigation report to the press did Michigan State suddenly decide the same information warrants termination. He's right here. Yeah, he's right. The court of public opinion is where we're headed. The court of public opinion is one of those things that you're not going to win in this day and age. You know what you got to do? And I did it this week. You got to laugh at it. I said white women. People went nuts. Yeah, I laughed at it. Almost one week later, with no new information, Michigan State moved to terminate me sanctimoniously and illogically claiming the action, the action, this action had no impact on the ongoing investigation. The investigation is designed to determine if I violate a policy. I did not. But regardless, basic fairness requires that process play out before any sanctions are determined. Here's what's going to happen here. I always say look beyond your nose here. What's going to happen? What's going to happen is Mel Tucker is going to get a buyout. L, Calvin Sampson came to Indiana, cheated his brains out. After cheating his brains out at Oklahoma, got caught. Next thing you know, they had to pay him $750,000 to go away. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars because he cheated. That's what's going to happen here. Michigan State will go to Matt Ishbia, who was the dumbass behind hiring Mel Tucker. Matt Ishbia, who is the owner of the Phoenix Suns, is a rich dude. Matt Ishbia played basketball in twenty, uh, excuse me, two thousand for Michigan State, and Tom Izzo was a walk-on. Mich- by all accounts, Matt Ishbia is a great dude, but he wanted Mel Tucker because people told him we need African American coach. It didn't matter that Mel Tucker was considered among coaches to be, eh. It didn't matter that Mel Tucker was considered to be someone of a clown. Matt Ishbia and the rest of the money guys at Michigan State needed an African American exactly like Calvin Sampson was hired at Indiana. The president, a guy named, we called him the Velvet Fog. Uh, his name was Herbert. President Herbert decided, we need a person of color after Mike Davis. Okay. They settled on Calvin Sampson, a known cheat. Instead of hiring the best person, which certainly could have been a person of color, they decided that's what they were going to do. So instead of hiring John Beeline at Indiana, they hired Calvin Sampson. How that work out? Not great. Instead of hiring somebody that everybody in the world of college football knew wasn't kind of a clown, this guy Mel Tucker, they hired Mel Tucker. Hired the best people. So now here's what's going to happen. There is going to be, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, there is going to be a buyout. The number will be nice. Tucker will be mad, and away you go. Book it, Dan. Do I know what the buyout's gonna be? Let me, get, let me make a guess. He's owed $79 million. I'll say he gets $15 million. It's a pretty good buyout, but it ain't $79 million, and you don't get to coach. And you don't get in Michigan State, the media is so in pocket in East Lansing that they let Larry Nasser run around that community for years and years and years. It was only until the victims of USA Gymnastics spoke out to the Indianapolis Star back when the Indianapolis Star was something with Maria Kwiatkowski, Tim Evans, and Mark Alicia did that Larry Nasser unfold. It's the danger of being in. It is the danger of being in a small town with a big college. And let me ask you this. Why did the USA Today have to break this story? Why did the USA Today, not East Lansing Journal, break this story? Why? Because in small towns, college towns with big programs, <coughs> the media is in pocket. Indiana fans, see Bob Hamill. All right, a couple things coming out of the Colorado. Colorado State game, this is fantastic. The numbers of streaming are unbelievable. We're going to show you a graphic that is just stunning if you follow at all at all what's going on. Colorado's win. Against Colorado State, averaged 9.3 million viewers on ESPN. That's the most watched football game this season. Fifth most watched in the history of ESPN. That's a huge number. Listen to this. We all say primetime, not Deion Sanders' primetime. Basically, 7 o'clock until 10 o'clock is primetime. This game did not start, ladies and gentlemen, did not start until 10 o'clock. At 2 o'clock in the morning, the numbers were astronomical astronomical, like more than most games get in prime time. Prime time is prime time, baby. Prime time is unbelievable. And remember, remember the wide receiver, or excuse me, remember the safety that knocked the hell out of the wide receiver? You remember him? Well, he's getting death threats. He's getting death threats because racism sucks. There were a number of African-Americans on Twitter and other places that said, hey, this white boy, they use white boy all over the place. Like, what are you doing? Frankly, I did not know. I had no idea whether the guy was white, whether the guy was black. I had no idea. But I got to tell you, once he became white, man, the what do you guys call it? Black Twitter went nuts on the white boy. So guess what? Because racism sucks, Hunter Blackburn, the white boy, was getting death threats. I said, hey, look, you talk trash, you're going to get hit. Football's different. Travis Hunter, there was a video ESPN put out of him talking smack. Oh, you guys are so big and bad. He looked like a 10-year-old, this guy. But anyway, I said, hey, how'd that work out for Hunter? Black Twitter exploded, as black Twitter does. Because white boy actually said, how'd that work out for you? You're a racist, Dockage, they said. You, 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 you're celebrating. I'm going to celebrate it. I said, how'd that work out for you? Because real men know. You talk that Yang, you're going to get smacked. So Deion Sanders yesterday responded in an unbelievably great way to, to uh, Hunter Blackburn getting death threats. Here he is.
2: Henry Blackburn, I want you guys to record this and run with this. Uh Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game. He made a tremendous uh, hit on Travis on the sideline. You could call it dirty. You could call it he was just playing the game of football. But whatever it was, it does not constitute that he should be receiving death threats. That that's. This is still a young man trying to make it in life, a guy that's trying to live his dream and hopefully graduate with honors or degree, uh, committed to excellence, and go to the NFL. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. At the end of the day, this is a game. Someone must win, someone must lose. Everybody continues their life the next day. Very unfortunate. I'm saddened if there's any of our fans that's on the other side of those threats. I would hope and pray not, but that kid was just playing the best of his ability and he made a mistake. So I forgive him. See you. Um, our team, forgive him. Um, Travis, is he's forgiven him. Let's move on. But that kid does not deserve that.
0: Yeah, right? That's pretty good. That's what real men do. Like, I'm always going to represent, and this always gets me in trouble, but on this show and on Twitter, I'm always going to represent the thoughts of real men. Like, I don't give a damn what anybody – this is what real men think. You've been in a war, war – war is a stupid analogy. You've been in a fight. You've been, in, you've been in tough games. You've been in high-pressure situations. You've been in physical games. You're going to succeed. You're going to lose. you make right decisions, wrong decisions. But those of us that spend our life in these type of things are going to tell you what's real. So that's what we're going to represent here, and that's what we're going to represent on Twitter. We're not going to listen to these fake tough guys, these racist tough guys, these dumb tough guys. We're going to argue, fight back, and expose. But this is what I'm telling you. Look, yeah, I get it. Fans get mad. The guy... On the sideline, the assistant coach went on the field and he was all mad and, you know, okay, great. But the truth of the matter is when you're in this type of game and you win it, it's a lot easier to talk like Dion when you win it, but I think that's Deion Sanders being real. It's what real men do. My wife is always amazed at I'll go golfing with somebody, we'll argue about and we're like, hey, let's go. Or the way, the way guys talk to each other, my wife's like, oh, I love it. The way my friends and I talk to each other would put women in a coma, fake tough guys in a coma, for months, we years. Well, fake women. Real women get it. But anyway, good for prime. I'm telling you, man, real women are the best. Real men are the best. And that is who is going to be represented by me always, every single time. Now, Shaq's an idiot. All right, let's just say Shaq don't know. I mean, whatever, and I'm embarrassed that we're going to quote Shaq here, but we're going to quote Shaq here. Now, the one criticism of Deion Sanders is that he kind of stood on the sideline, not really coaching, didn't know his center's name. Maybe he's not actually coaching. I don't know. When they were down 15, there was a camera that panned on Dion's face, and it reminded me of Phil Jackson. I've always said, if the general doesn't panic, the troops don't panic. Yeah, right. It's not about panicking. It's about, you know, it's just about knowing you got a good team. But actually, Shaq might be right here. And now that I see it, I hate to say Shaq is right about anything. Yeah, He seems like a nice guy, though, Shaq. But, nah, nah, what are you going to do? Lane Kiffin is my man. Lane Kiffin and I follow one another on social media. Lane Kiffin I love. Why do I love Lane Kiffin? Because Lane Kiffin will just stand there and say what he thinks. He will stand there and troll you if you're a clown. He will stand there. He don't care if you're Nick Saban. He don't care who you are. He's not messing around with your dumb you-know-what. He can't stop on Jimbo Fisher. Apparently he's mad that Jimbo Fisher in Texas a and and all them good old Southern boys down there. Hell, yeah, you know what they're doing. You know, Danny, what they're doing is they buying everything up. they buying all these damn players, and I'll tell you what, this is where it's, you know, bad man is bad. Uh, Lane Kiffin said about Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher, they're much improved. Their coaching staff has really schematically done a good job. They took the Texas A&M quarterback, and he looks like a brand-new player. Yeah. Lane Kiffin on Texas A&M transfer, Haynes King now at Georgia Tech. He's talking about Georgia Tech. I set this up to make it think like he was talking about Texas A&M, but no. He was talking about Georgia Tech while dissing Texas A&M. He can't stop, and it's clever. Oh, man, they're much improved. Coaching staff, schematically, great job. They took the Texas A&M quarterback, and he looks like a brand-new player. You know what that means, right? The Texas A&M quarterback was, well, you know, awful. Or excuse me, the Texas A&M coaching staff was, you know, Awful. Awful. A-W-F-U-L. Awful. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun when it's clever. Like, I'm not that clever. You know what I do? Oh, man, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I hate you. You're blah, 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 blah. All right. I'm just saying. Hey, I'm reading a book on Billy Walters. Billy Walters is a known gambler. Great gambler. Great story. Gets a little tedious with the gambling stuff, but I ain't mad about it. So, you know on this show that we're going to give you winners. Listen to this. Fan duel lost $20 million on a week two special. I want to make sure I got this right. Every now and then, the house wins. Billy Walters talks about it. Here was the special. Every NFL team that made at least one field goal during the afternoon slate of games, finance team, just called. We're paying out more than 20 million to FanDuel customers that locked in that bet. Every NFL team, one-plus field goals in the one o'clock, four o'clock, and 4:25 games, they were paying it out. They were going to pay it out. They paid 20 million dollars. 20 million. Now, I want you to think about that for just a second. You know what I'm saying? You pay out $20 million enough, FanDuel ain't going to be around very long. But I will also say a lot of people are coming to it because they know that you're paying it off. They do. They know, hey, look, FanDuel may slip up again and give yourself some money. I don't know. But what I do know is this, people like to win. They got to win. We gots to win. Woo. Look at this. A better just cast a wild $5 for $71,000 parlay. Tony Jones Jr., two-plus touchdowns. Jerome Ford, most rushing yards. Wow. See, how stupid. I knew Anthony Richardson was going to score a touchdown. I should have bet him to score two. By the way, side note, before we get to Jason Allen Hammer, our friend in Indianapolis who hosts the Hammer and Nigel show, America's number one afternoon drive time news talk show. Before we get to Hammer time, here's the deal. I love Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson is going to be great. I do. Those of you that are Colts fans, on this, sing it with me. Anthony Richardson has got something in his eyes that, and he's tough and he's smart, that makes me say, "Hey, all right, let me get to this Sports Kings." By the way, Sports King fan, uh, DraftKings sportsbook offered the exact same bet, plus three thousand odds, as in a one dollar better would have come up with three or uh, thirty dollars if every week two kicker made a field goal in every Saturday afternoon game. One dude, or group of bettors in particular, cracked the FanDuel majority. There you go. Hmm. It's a pretty good bet, though. I mean, I guess if you lose, you, you're, you're mad. Uh, but, all right. So plus 3,000, bet 100, you get 3,000. I didn't see that bet. I need to do that bet. That's an interesting bet. By the way, speaking of betting, last night, I've told you this before. If you pay attention to our show over the years, I've told you there are certain games you know the Cubs are going to win and there are certain games you know the Cubs are going to lose. Last night, I should have said it here, and I can show you. I bet about $360 to win like $200 last night. I think it was $320. $320, all right, on the Cubs to win last night. The game was a route. The Cubs had a rookie that got up there, hit in his first start, a grand slam, which made it like 10 to 1. It's always nice when you turn a game off knowing that you won. Later on this week, Urban Meyer is going to join us. And I'm going to wait for Urban. I'm going to ask him certain questions about certain teams, and then you'll get my house bet. My house bet is 2-0. and I've only made two. Now, the house bet is one when where I see a line that I think is wrong and we bet the house on it first week. It was Rutgers minus six and a half against Northwestern. We hit that like we were standing on our head. And then last week was the easiest of all bets. Nebraska at home minus 11 against Northern Illinois. When I looked at that game, I thought it was going to be around 20. It was 11. I not only bet the house, but I bet my wife, the dog, kids, I bet everything on that. We're going to Sizzler. We'll have a house bet for you probably Thursday, maybe Friday. We're not rushing these bets. We're trying to win you money. We're 2-0 on the house bets. Other bets, hey, look, Florida stunk, or excuse me, Tennessee stunk. Nothing I can do with that. But I'll tell you this much, the house bet, if the house is a-rockin', Don't bother knocking. All right, Jason Allen Hammer is going to join us. We're going to talk about Lauren Boebert. We're going to talk about Fetterman. If you know anything about Hammer, he also hosts a gambling show both on TV and, frankly, on radio, and it's fantastic. His degenerate special is something you're going to want to wait for. Stay right here. We got Jason Allen Hammer, host of Hammer and Nigel, the number one news talk show in the country in drive time. We'll be right back.
3: Looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At Outkick, find exclusive promotions, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at outkick.com slash bet. Man,
0: I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Hammer, We're going to hook up with Jason Allen Hammer. The YouTube chat is absolutely rocking and rolling. By the way, breaking news, we will have Urban Meyer coming up tomorrow as we will get into it, ladies and gentlemen. We will get after college football. We will get after what's going to happen between – that's a big slate between Oregon and, of course, Colorado, but he is focused on Ohio State and Notre Dame. What a monster weekend of games that we are going to have, and we will have them all broken down for you, but we're only going to give you one, ladies. We're only going to give you one. We are only going to give you one damn house bet that we are literally going to bet the house on. Disturbing news, Jason Allen Hammer is going to join us. He's from Indianapolis. Former cult Sergio Brown has apparently lost his ever-loving mind. Now, you got to understand something. Sergio Brown, we talked about this before, his mother was found dead. He was on the Lamb, and I think he is on the Lamb in Mexico. Sergio Brown went to Notre Dame. Sergio Brown, Maywood East, home of uh, home of uh, bah, 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 Doc Rivers. I almost lost my mind there. Uh, he did post a video. Can we hear Hammer? I'm going to go to the Sergio Brown video. Jason, can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me, Hammer? Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? Hey, yeah, I'm going to play this video On Sergio Brown, you know the story, right? Brown, former Colt Notre Dame guy. You're the perfect guy to have on and talk about this. Hey, Dylan and Nick, let's play the video Sergio Brown posted after his mother was found dead after a brutal beating. Here's Sergio Brown on the lam, apparently, in Mexico.
2: News. Fake news. Fake news. It has to be the FBI that came into my house on Bob Marley's death day with the 511 Agent Gas, unwarranted. They kidnapped me twice from home, the Maywood Police Department, mm-hmm. right? But you wanted it twice. Aaron Pepper was there the second time that it happened. It had to be the FBI or the Maywood Police. I thought mom, mama, mama was on vacation in Sinaloa. That's f- fake news. Get the fuck out my god face. She retired. If you want to come to me? If the Mayweather police got to give me
1: money. FBI had to do it. They got the power to do some shit like that. What the f is going on? That's fake news. Don't come with me.
0: What do you think, man? Former Colt Sergio Brown from Mexico after his mother was found
3: dead. What do you think? That looks like drugs. Listen, I'm not a certified counselor, but I'm somebody with two eyes and common sense. And that looks like drugs are a factor with Sergio Brown right now. And when drugs come into play, bad things happen. We're not talking about, you know, weed or something like that. There's something serious, something big going on with Sergio Brown. He's not making sense. And for the most part, he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, You mentioned earlier, he's got a degree from Notre Dame or went to Notre Dame played football in the NFL. We've spoken with him in the past when the Colts were kind of making those runs uh, with Andrew Luck uh, in the 2014 ish timeframe. He was kind of the hype man. He was the guy that would do the two claps in a Ric Flair thing that went viral to fire everybody up in the locker room. So it's not like he's some moron that can't put two sentences together here. Um, Something is wrong with Sergio Brown. Again, I can't pinpoint what it is, but that looks like drugs are a factor. And, man, the way he's acting, I hate to think about what happened to his mom. And this is
0: going to end badly. I mean, look, you, you can say you can get mad at Hammer and I, but we've both been around the block a few times and we've seen these things. This doesn't end well. This ends usually with a police standoff, maybe a suicide. It just doesn't end well. And you can just see he's got a lot of crazy going on here. And, of course, people are going to point to CTE and all that. But you're right. He was the guy kind of – everybody kind of gravitated to, right? He was the guy on the – I don't know how he was on other teams. We can just speak to how he was at Indianapolis. This ain't going to end well, big dog. This ain't going to end well at all. Not at all. No,
3: it's not. And, again, it's not some sort of rumor. His mother was found – in a creek behind right. the house, the authorities have ruled this as a homicide. So it's not like we're speculating here. That's on the uh, police report. And now you see the son acting this way. Uh, this is bizarre. This looks like a lot of drugs. This looks like a bad situation. And you're right. This isn't going to end well. Um, the the
0: the the deal is this. I've said this forever. Frank Reich was started out with the Colts. We're like, hey, I called him Frankie Big Nuts because he would go for it on fourth down. <laughs> and then like every hot girl or hot guy, the more you see him, the more you either say, hey, the better sheer he looks or, yeah, I don't like her personality or his personality. He don't look. more I saw Frankie Big Nuts, the more I thought he stinks. And he showed it again. Is he the most overrated coach in the NFL getting
3: jobs? Two quarters, coach. It took two quarters of the home opener for the Carolina Panthers to start booing the offense off the field. Two damn quarters. like. (laughs) And the fans, they understand. This is a rookie quarterback. Bryce Young. All right, I get it. You got to be patient with a rookie quarterback. But... Constantly calling runs on second and nine, second and ten, second and eight. Uh, I think the Panther faithful kind of got tired of that act quicker than anticipated. So uh, the Franken Monster, as we used to dub him here, um, yeah, it took all of two quarters for him to start getting booed at home, because that defense in Carolina is pretty good, but they're going to get worn yeah. the hell out if he doesn't start dialing up some sort of offensive scheme that plays into the wheelhouse of your new franchise quarterback.
0: Hey, Hammer, I went back and forth one afternoon with – what's that little guy at Fox? I got to be careful because apparently I work for Fox or Fox Sports. (laughs) I don't know. But that Jay Glazer told me, well, Frank Reich's an elite coach. I, really? No, he's not. He stinks. No. He's an elite. I'm like, all right, I guess if you say something loud enough, he's an elite coach. But when you get blank canned for a studio analyst
3: like Jeff Saturday, you ain't so good as a coach, and he's showing it. That's it. How many times did Jeff Saturday – I'm sorry. How many times did Frank Reich win the worst division in football, the AFC South? Right. How many banners do they hang up at the top of – Lucas Oil Stadium next to the world-famous AFC finalist banner that say AFC South Champions under the Franken Monster. That would be a big donut, my friend. You couldn't beat Jacksonville, Houston, and an average Tennessee Titans team. The Titans were probably the best team in that division during the time, but let's not kid ourselves. It's not like they had Patrick Mahomes as their trigger man. Uh so yeah, let's pump the brakes a little bit on the offensive genius, this great Vince Lombardi-like effort that we got from Frank Reich here. Zero AFC championships.
0: You know, I just went like that. I wonder if I'm going to be called a white supremacist. I was saying zero, <laughs> and I think zero. I'm be a white supremacist and, ba- and banned from Wrigley Field. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I um, I got to get into Lauren, Bo- Lauren Bolbert. We don't know who leaked Supreme Court information. We don't know whose coke it was in the White House. But damn, two seconds after a very hot Lauren Boebert gets felt up in a movie theater, we got infrared cameras going, baby. This seems like a setup. This seems weird to me. And good for Lauren Lauren Boebert, but never apologize. If she was smart, she'd show up in Congress as the anti-John Fetterman and put on a string bikini
3: and have at it. Let's go. Own it, baby. She's a grandma. That's somebody's grandma. Lauren Boebert is a grandma. Now, I don't know about you, Coach, but God bless the late uh, great-grandparents of the Hammer family and – Grandparents didn't look like Lauren Bobert. Uh, I believe uh, my friend Rob Kendall would say there's a genre for that on certain media outlets on the Internet. Hot looking grandmas. But you're right. Remember when Charles Oakley got kicked out of the Las Vegas casino because he was moving chips on the table when he wasn't supposed to? The eye on the sky found that. The eye in the sky saw that Lauren Bobert was getting a little handsy at Beetlejuice the musical. But yet we don't have anything on Jeffrey Epstein killing himself. We don't have anything on the cocaine, not just in the White House. No, no, no. Near the Situation Room, the most important part of the White House. So this whole thing is ridiculous. And I heard you talking about Fetterman earlier. I was fighting with just tons of just ridiculous people wed to the letter. Wed to that letter D next to their favorite politician, saying that, well, John Fetterman is so much more classier than what you're seeing from Lauren Boebert. All right, who would you rather have making a decision on your health care? Somebody like Lauren Boebert, who was not on the clock, she was out at a show getting a little handsy. Uh, is it a trashy look? Maybe, but she can dress herself, she can finish a sentence. That's a lot better than the monster that they elected from the state of Pennsylvania that can't even be expected to put a suit on because it's asking too much. A guy that can't finish a sentence. And I heard you playing these speech that he gave to the UAW workers earlier. It's embarrassing. And I'm tired of being nice to John Fetterman because anytime you criticize this loser, and he's a total loser, people say, you're just being mean against a stroke victim. No, I'm being mean against somebody that controls what happens at our border. I'm being mean at somebody that's going to control my health care and what happens to my tax money. Screw John Fetterman. I don't care if he's had a stroke or not. You know why it's okay to say that? Because his wife doesn't care that he's had a stroke or not. She was the one that was so damn power hungry. She keeps trotting this corpse of a human being out there. So I'm tired of John Fetterman. And if you're going to sit here and have the argument with me that Lauren Boebert is so worse than John Fetterman. You're lying to yourself and nobody takes you serious.
1: Hey
0: man, you know what? You're on a date. You like the person you get. So what? And to the point, to the point about Fetterman and his stroke. Hey, look, if you didn't trot Fetterman out there as a Senator, then I don't, then when nobody would talk about his stroke, but he's a very public figure. I mean, people have made fun of Donald Trump's hair. People have made fun of people all the time that are out there in the public eye. And look, it was his choice, his wife's choice, to parade his sorry, ghoulish ass out there. So screw you people if you're mad about us talking about it that had a stroke. You're worried about that? Then don't be a freaking congressman. I don't want to hear you're that. You're one no, of the 100. you can kiss 100. my with
3: that. 100 most powerful people in this country, the United States Senate. And there's a guy up there that began a debate by saying, hi, good night, everybody. This is the guy that's in charge of our well-being in this country. Now, to keep it fair here, because, you know, I like to pick on both sides because I kind of hate everybody. Republicans need to understand this. Pennsylvania hates Donald Trump so much they picked a stroke victim instead of his hand-picked MAGA candidate in the Senate race. So I don't care what all these polls are showing. Donald Trump is leading Joe Biden in this key swing state. I don't buy it for a minute. Look at the corpse that they chose to send to the Senate instead of this other guy, Dr. Oz, who, let's be honest, he really wasn't even from Pennsylvania. He was trying to carpet bag from New Jersey, but he can put a coherent sentence together. Look at this freaking guy. Look at that picture right now. Look at that dork. This guy, you want him in charge of your national security? You want him in charge of finding out who's trying to harm the United States? You want him in charge of your tax money? He puts on a 30 and basketball shorts. He goes to work in the people's house like I cut my grass in. So again, I'm tired of being nice to Fetterman. Yes, he had a stroke. And yes, I think that should make it so he should not be making decisions for us.
0: Oh, well said. You know, one of the things that I've always said about parenting or anything is if you lower standards, people are always going to hit them. If you raise standards, people are always going to hit them. So Shermer decides, yeah, we're going to lower the standards and everybody can dress like a clown. You are America's gambling God. You are the wisest of the wise. <laughs> you degenerate bets have swept the country to those of us that pay attention. Is this the week? Is this the week Colorado gets humbled on the road? Is this Notre Dame, Ohio state is Ryan day on the hot seat. If they lose to Notre Dame, where are you at here this weekend?
3: Look, man, I like the Irish this weekend Uh, at home, better quarterback getting points. I've always said, if all things are equal, And maybe they're not equal. Maybe Ohio State has a better roster. But I think Notre Dame could score some points. Hartman's going to throw the ball around the joint. He's going to make good decisions. At home, better quarterback getting points. you got to take a look at that one. I like the Irish in this spot. I think Ohio State's defense is going to be okay. I'm not in love with their quarterback, though, Coach. I don't know if they've got the right trigger man for Ohio State. And you could say that about some of the major programs that were factors last year i'm not sold on georgia's quarterback situation everything else is elite i don't think their quarterback is Uh, obviously you look at alabama they're kind of a hot mess at their quarterback spot so this could be the year where if you've got a good trigger man and a decent surrounding cast you can make some noise and i think notre dame falls into that category they've got one of the best running backs in the country a veteran quarterback. Hell, he's older than half the quarterbacks in the NFL. I think there's a little something brewing up in South Bend this weekend, man. You know, uh,
0: I'm going to go to Colorado. I agree with you. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm going to go to Colorado. What Have you looked at this? Colorado is getting 21 points at Oregon. Bo Nix, Shadur Sanders, maybe the two along with Michael Penix. A Heisman Trophy candidate. I thought 21 was a lot, but then I started thinking about it, Hammer. Colorado State physically beat the crap out of Colorado. I mean, they lost the game. Colorado had big nuts. Shadir Sanders is my Heisman Trophy favorite. But that beatdown, the tackles, the hitting, the extra, I think at some point Colorado is going to get beat down a little bit, and I think it's maybe this week, but I'm not comfortable giving 21. I, don't, I think that's too many.
3: I'm with you. And I started looking at the total in this game, too. But it's up there at 71 last time I checked. I don't know if I'm playing this game this week because I'm with you. I think Oregon wins. Uh, I think Oregon's a better team. They're stronger up front on the offensive and defensive lines. And I'm not sure Colorado can stop anybody. They'll score, but I don't think they can stop anybody. And Oregon's going to put some numbers up. But that just reeks of like a backdoor cover. Like, I can totally see uh, Sanders driving down the field, uh, trying to get that garbage time touchdown, and then you onside kick. We've seen that a million times already this season. That one's a no play for me. Uh, but, again, I love what Dion's doing, man. Not everybody does. Everybody's got their own opinions. I love what he's doing. Not just because he's winning games, but he's not apologizing. He's telling people how it is, and he's making kids go to class. He's holding them accountable. I'm here for all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think they take their first loss of the season here. It's going to be tough, especially without one of their best players and Hunter. But uh, I doesn't mean I'm off the bandwagon of Colorado. Uh, I'm not
0: either. I just, you know, it's hard to go undefeated. You know, it just is. It's hard to go right. undefeated. So I love every, I love everything Sanders is doing. It gives for great entertainment, and I want to be entertained. And I stay. You want up a until dog until this weekend, morning. Coach? You want a,
3: you want a dog? You want a yeah. big underdog yes. this weekend? Yes. Yes. Let's look down at the swamp. The Florida Gators hosting Charlotte. Charlotte is getting twenty-eight points. That is four freaking touchdowns. So here's what we know about Florida. They're flying high, coming off a win against an incredibly overrated Tennessee squad that had no business being in the top 15 because, one, Joe Milton stinks, and, two, their receivers can't get separation. So they're celebrating that win. Next week, look at the schedule. Florida plays Kentucky, the same Kentucky that took them to the woodshed last year in the swamp, and that's when all the Anthony Richardson hype was going on. So they've had this game circled for a while gambling degenerates know this is what's known as a sandwich game this is kind of a trap game you're flying high off beating up tennessee you're looking ahead to the game that you want to make right from a year ago and here comes charlotte charlotte went on the road to maryland earlier in the season and lost by i believe 11 but certainly didn't embarrass themselves and i think maryland's quarterback is better than graham mertz at florida Florida's defense is better. They've got a better running game. The ATN kid's going to get his, but I think they pound the ball on the ground and four touchdowns with this running clock on a trap game, man, this just reeks of Charlotte having one of those ugly games where plus 28 is enough to get you a betters win in the swamp.
0: I'll give you one. I'll give you one. You ready?
3: Let's go. I'm looking at Mel Tugger.
0: I, Mel Tugger and the boys at Michigan State seem to be decimated. They got embarrassed by Washington. You talked about the quarterback at Maryland. The number is minus seven and a half. That's what Maryland is having. You know, Maryland's giving seven and a half. It's at Michigan State. I moved that line to six and a half, and I bet it because I think, and I know this, hell, I was an interim head coach. I understand how these things go. You know, all of a sudden now he's going to get fired. All of a sudden now he's putting a statement out, Mel Tugger, and next thing you know, The players are in the middle of all this. Ain't a chance in holy hell. They're ready for this. And I do think that Maryland has talent. I think they got a nonsense coach, but I think Maryland has talent. And I think Maryland's going to win this game by 10 or more. I'm going to put a lot of money on minus six
3: and a half. I like it. I like that. And I wouldn't be true to myself if I didn't give you a degenerate special, a game nobody cares about, no one's going to watch, but the money will spend the same as Notre Dame and Ohio State New Mexico at UMass, coach. The line is three. It's three and a half at some spots. I am taking the fighting Minutemen of UMass. Much better defense. New Mexico traveling cross country. They're playing in front of nobody. There's no motivation here. No one's going to be at this game. Give me UMass at home. Short amount of uh, spread to cover here. I'm all in. Yeah. No, UMass isn't horrible. UMass should no. be horrible.
0: And by SEC standards, UMass is horrible. But by New Mexico standards,
3: new UMass <laughs> is not horrible. Right, right, right. I'll take that. I'll take that short little three and a half there. Yeah, I'm going to it right now.
0: As I'm talking to you, I'm going to that one right now. And the juice isn't bad. Minus three and a half, the juice is only uh it's minus one oh eight. I'm on that, and my toes are going to be tapping. And let's see, it's a 3:30 game, so I got a degenerate special to watch, courtesy of Hammer. Thank you, my <laughs> friend, for coming on. Keep up the great work. Thank you. That's my man, Jason Allen Hammer. Uh, look, people say he's the best. No, he is the best. What can't you talk about with Jason Allen Hammer? Tell me what you cannot talk about. We got degenerate specials flying. We got regular games going. It's going to be a monster weekend. I hate Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Hate them. Hate them. Can't stand them. There's no football. Hey, if we got no foots, I don't know what to tell you. I don't like it. So I'm going to put a parlay together of some of these. I'm going to take Charlotte. I'm going to take Charlotte right now. I'm going to take UMass. And I'm going to take six and a half. And I'm going to put that in a parlay. That's uh, Maryland giving six and a half to Michigan State. I'm going to put that in a parlay, and I'm going to tell you what it is coming up here in a minute. All right. Do you let me go to a couple other stories? This is really weird. Now you got to listen to this. All right. Oh yeah, ad read. We can do the ad read right now. Sure. Uh, but one second. I got to get to this story. I'm sorry. I'll get to the ad read in a minute. I got to get to the story before the top of the hour. A man on LSD, quote, other drugs and covered in feces, jumped into a pit at the new Buffalo Bills stadium site. Now, let me say this again. A man on LSD and other drugs jumped into a pit. The Buffalo Bills are building a new stadium. And those of you that know this, when you build a stadium, you know, you're scooping, you got pitch, you got all kind of things. Dude go gets on LSD and he decides, hey, guess what? I'm gonna jump into a pit. Why are you gonna jump into a pit? Oh. Why are you covered in Crapola? Oh. Oh. See. Last Monday, I told you this. After the show, a week ago Monday, I was going to be put out sedated to have major mouth surgery. Guess what? They gave me two sedation drugs. I literally, I went like this, and I missed my face doing that thing. The sidewalk was waving. The world was nuts. I literally started speaking like this and ended up John Fetterman. I'm thinking to myself, this is what heavy drugs must be like. Why would you want to do that? Look, I understand. Yesterday I played golf. It's over. We sat around. I had two beers. Over a course of an hour, talking with the guys we played golf with, settling up bets. I get that. You know, okay. You know, a glass of wine at night, sitting on your back porch with your wife. You get a little But Okay. But why would you want LSD, heroin, crack, it just doesn't work. I get addiction, but damn, if I ever wake up with crap all over me in a, <laughs> in a freaking pit, just, you know what, Jimmy Hoffa me. Take the dirt that's out of the pit, throw it on me, and let me go Joe Pesci style in casino in Rensselaer, Indiana. All right, if you haven't taken your shot yet with points bet, Now's the perfect moment. Here's the big reason why. Listen to me. Look, there's a lot of gambling sites. There's a ton of them. All right? There's a ton. Exclusively for first-time point bet users. Grab this off right now. You see it right here. Point bet users can get up to $1,000 in second chance bet. Your first bet goes back. Point bet has your back. Points bet will give you a second chance, up to $1,000. You bet 100 bucks, you lose. You get a second chance at that 100 bucks. I mean, you're going to hit one out of two, I think. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com backslash bet. Complete the registration process with points bet and make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second chance bets chime in, baby. Gambling problem? Call one 800 GAMBLER and look, do yourself a favor. If you're not 21, don't be an idiot. If you're an athlete in college, don't be an idiot. But everybody else in the world should be all over point bet. Points bet. Go to outkick.com backslash bets right now.
3: Are you looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At Outkick, find exclusive promos, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at Outkick.com backslash bet.
0: That's it. I gotta take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It's hour two here on the big show. Yeah, it's Don't At Me. Dan Dockage with you until 11 o'clock, and then you just stay here for all good stuff on the Outkick channel. All right, here's the deal. John Fetterman drove. He said, I drove five, seven hours to get to the UA... You A.W. auto workers. John Fetterman, of course, the slovenly, ghoulish pig that is a senator uh, from Pennsylvania. Here's what Fetterman had to say once he showed up. See if you can understand what he's actually trying to say. And then
1: I'm going to tell you after you see this what he's actually trying to say. My message to the, the, CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, it's $74 million, you know, collectively earning that. You know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to, to, yacht, to, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, I don't know. This is my message.
0: There's John Fetterman for you. I mean, this is our guy. This is the guy, as Hammer said, that is supposed to be a leader. Um, John Fetterman can't speak. My message to the CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, it's 74 million, you know, collectively earned. All right. What he's saying is, is that in the auto industry, the CEOs in the auto industry are making 74 million collectively meaning one guy's making 30, one guy's making 20, another guy's making 20, maybe another guy's making four. I don't know. So that's what he's trying to say. And then he goes into the normal rhetoric. You know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to yacht, to water? Now, I get it you can speak, and it doesn't really, you get excited, you're talking about the CEOs, you mess up, with the money thing, collectively, how much are they making? But this is where it's disturbing. This is where you can tell this guy is struggling and should not be any position, in any position to govern, any position. I'm talking about he shouldn't be uh, the head of a household. When he says, you know, how many yachts can they need? Okay, that you know, you're screwing it up, but all right. You know, to yacht, to water, right there. You know... To yacht to water, this guy should be put out—not—not not put out of life or anything like that. But his family should say, "Look, we're going to get you help. We're going to get you right, and then we'll try it again." They got to take him out and uh, of Senate or what you know, and they've got to say we have to get you better because nobody says to yacht to water a uh, ski behind it. You know. Now, I think any reasonable, I get it the Democrats are out of their mind, far left loses their mind on things like this, but any sane person would say, John, we got to step out way. We got to step out here. It's crazy, you know, I don't, my message. Can you imagine, those of you that are old enough to remember this, can you imagine that actually flying like, During Reagan, or even during Clinton, or the Bushes, or any time we've had a society that used common sense. Can you imagine that going over well? Can you imagine that man being elected and staying in office? I can't. And I'm not going to lie to you. I I can't imagine it. I I just can't. But now we're so whacked out, we're so silly, we're so divided that everybody is on our side afraid. I guess I don't have a side, but you know what? Everybody that isn't for this guy seems to be afraid to talk about it. Man, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's sad, it's ridiculous, and this dude is an idiot. All right, Jenny Hermoso got kissed, got kissed on the lips after she won the World Cup for women for Spain. Jenny Hermoso laughed about it. Jenny Hermoso is now mad. She is blasting the Spanish Soccer Federation's manipulations as, op- as an open war continues post the Mad Kisser Rubales. What? Really? Really? I mean, the dude was excited, the woman was excited, and now it's open war manipulation, blah, 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 blah. Man, I'm telling you, don't let crazy people get a hold of you. When crazy people get a hold of you, they spin it. I had it with Greg Doyle. You get a crazy person that is being listened to, they will spin it however they want to spin it. They'll make affairs look good. They'll make themselves who had multiple affairs lie about it, and then next thing you know, they're sitting here spinning it. This woman got kissed on the lips. Stupid, but my God, relax. I know we're not supposed to. I know I'm a bad guy. I know, I know, I know. But son of a biscuit maker, can we just for the love of all things holy, relax a little bit? I'm not sure about this move and I want your input on this. Elon Musk, Elon Musk may cha- charge everybody to use X. I thought Elon Musk's plan was to charge people to get rid of bots. I don't care about any of it. I got a blue check mark, I don't understand why. I've never paid a dime. In fact, Twitter pays me, and I didn't know this. I just got a nice little uh, residual check on the 15th of September. So I put out the other day, white women are awesome. People lost their minds, but that's a half a million views. You know what I see? Cha-ching, baby! Cha-frickin'-ching. My son, Dad, what are we doing on Twitter? I said, son, we're making money. Revenue streams are important. I don't think I would pay to be on Twitter. I I don't know. I guess maybe I would ask Outkick to pay for it or Fox News to pay for it. I'm certainly not going to pay to get rid of bots. Bot all you want. Do what do I care? Doesn't matter to me. Damian Lillard, for some reason, continues to be in the news. We see his commercials, Modelo. You know, Damian Lillard is somebody that we're all supposed to pay attention to because white dudes in advertising think Damian Lillard represents, well, a tougher guy. So we want that guy. We want to be down with Damian Lillard. But the truth is, Damian Lillard don't even play. Damian Lillard's never won nothing. But I do like this quote. I respect what they've they've been doing over the last eight, nine years or whatever. And I'm from there. Obviously that's home, but I can't go be a part of that. They won four championships. What I look like going to try to do that. That's unbelievable. It don't may even make sense. I'd never do anything like that. I'd lose every year before I go. Yeah, good. Well, you're doing it. But you know what? You're getting filthy rich. So apparently you'll never be because you're on the right side of the media. You'll never be a guy in the conversation for best players never to win a championship. You won't, you simply won't. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just saying, uh, we got a new show. Wait, hold on. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is, is like the worst player to get a lot of publicity. We actually care about Ben Simmons, and I rarely do this. I rarely brag on myself, but I'm going to pat myself on the back. I did a show on ESPN one day because everybody at ESPN, like, was kissing this guy's ass, and I said, yeah, he's a nice player. He's a nice kid too, but he can't shoot. He can't shoot. And I went through and I showed his form on how he couldn't shoot. Oh, did I get killed, particularly when he was the number one player in the draft. You know, the people that kill you never come back and say, hey, you're right, Dakich. I am a basketball savant. I'm the smartest person you will ever hear about basketball, and I should be. I'm not bragging. I spent 10 years in a film room, me and Bob Knight. Bob Knight's best basketball coach to ever roam a sideline. He went to the Elite Eight with guys like me. I literally couldn't touch the rim. I'm being totally serious. I would have to get a running start to touch the rim. But we went to the Elite Eight in an era where basketball was great. Should have gone to the final four, but I turned the ball over with a minute 19 to go. Came back and hit a jump shot because I got that kind of heart. But you know what? When it comes to basketball and life, there's nobody smarter. Ben Simmons, my ass. Ben Simmons is now saying, I owe it to everyone to regain my all star form. Really? No kidding, huh? I mean, wait a second. They'll pay you hundreds of millions of dollars to do nothing. You think maybe you owe it to everyone? Now, nah. The amateur psychologist, the little girls, the little boys of the millennial age will say, no, Ben. No, Ben. You, you owe it to yourself. You only can please yourself, Ben. Oh, shut the living hell up. You take millions of dollars from people, you owe it to everybody to get your ass up, get your back fixed, and go to work, even if it isn't fixed. You you owe it to yourself to go to work. I'm so damn tired of hearing idiots. I'm so da- – it Bill Simmons did the same thing. No, that is Simmons. Oh, I thought it was Bill Simmons. Ha-ha. <laughs> ben and Bill. Don't at me, people. Apparently Jackson State's women's basketball coach is hostile about how Deion Sanders portrayed Jackson, Mississippi in the 60 Minutes piece. Yeah, I don't know. What are you going to do? I mean, hey, I don't know. Uh, if I were her, you know what I'd do? I'd complain too. Why? Because nobody gives a damn about the women's basketball coach at Jackson State. Why would you? I don't. I won't. I can't. I don't care about the men's basketball coach, except when we played him in, Uh, well, where did we play him? We played him in Fairbanks, Alaska, and we beat him, but they had a pro. I was nervous about that. I was really nervous about that. I thought, oh, man, they had a pro. But I don't care. But if I were her, I would get mad. See, here's the deal. I've always said this. You know, get in the public eye. Defend your place. The girl's name is Tomika Reed. She took issue. The segment focused on Sanders' rise in coaching. Juxtapositioning, according to the Clarion-Ledger, the city's water crisis, 83% black... Uh, population against a quintessential college townfield and one percent black population in Boulder. It gave a bad look on Jackson, I thought. Uh, Taylor said, "Just being honest with you." All right, Jackson has plenty of bright spots. Plenty of bright spots. There are some good things going on here in the city with this program, with Jackson State with itself. When you see things like that and how they kind of portrayed it, they are the media. They control the narrative. If you're from here, if you were born and raised, you know what the city of Jackson is all about as well as the state of Mississippi. Yeah, you're right. But I don't know. Did 60 Minutes lie? It's like when people say uh, 60 Minutes, y'all, made Jackson, Mississippi look horrible. You should be ashamed of yourselves for showing the worst house you can find in America and make it like that describes us. I'm not even sure if that abandoned house you showed is even in Jackson. She ain't wrong about that. Media is full of crap. She doubled down. It was comparing Jackson, Mississippi to Boulder. They showed every nice location in Boulder and showed the worst they could find in Jackson. We have so much more to show that wouldn't have hurt 60 Minutes to take the time to spotlight. Well, it wasn't about Jackson, Mississippi. It was about Deion Sanders. And you can't make – this is my problem in the media, and I agree with Taylor here. You can't always make somebody look good by making the other place look bad. Like, they could have shown Jackson, Mississippi, as a nice town with problems. They could have shown – you know, the only place I've ever been to, and I'm honest about this, I grew up – I was born in Gary, Indiana. I didn't grow up. I grew up half my life in Gary, and then they changed our address to Merivin. The railroad tracks behind our house were the dividing line when I turned about, I don't know, 10, 12, 14, I don't know, whatever it was. I drove through Gary. There's nothing you can say about Gary, Indiana, other than the beaches. Now, here's the deal. If you were going to talk about somebody's rise from Gary, Indiana, you got a choice. You can show the broken down buildings along Broadway. Certainly can. Or you can show the beautiful beaches, the houses in Miller. It's called Miller Beach. Gorgeous, gorgeous area. Some of the houses, because of their location, are worth a million dollars. They would never do that. If they did an article on me and said, you know, Dockage was born in Gary, lived on 35th Street, I wasn't in poverty, nothing like that. But if they wanted to show it, they could show beautiful beaches if they wanted, or they could show rundown houses. Yeah, I'm with her on this. And she's fighting for her team, she's fighting for her city. Let's get her on. I'm with her. Can we get her on? I think she's right. I do. We don't, we don't have to, to, to besmirch anybody. We don't have to, to make somebody else look good. Yeah, I'm with her. Good for her. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got six of them. We got six of them, ladies and gentlemen. It is What the Hell Wednesday. I thought we had a stinger for it. I thought we had a thing. All right, well, if we don't have the thing, oh. Hey, let's do it again. I'm sorry, I, sh- I put that on you guys. You weren't ready for it because I didn't set it up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's What the Hell Wednesday. Hey, look. The show's in its infancy. It's only two years old. Number one! Let's show it, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Hey, Dylan and and Ryan... What the hell are they doing? Like, they just two drunk girls on, is that a ping pong table? Like, what are we doing? Whoa! <laughs> is that what they were doing, taking selfies drunk on a ping pong table? You kids are weird. You really are. Like, look at this one. She's spread eagle. This one lays on top of her. Legs are out. Panties are showing. Wow! Oh man, I love it. I do. I absolutely love it. Man, come on, people. I guess I got it right. He says that's what they were doing. I would have liked to see if they would, you know, flip it over and you know. On the ping pong table. Jesus. Numero dos. Number two. La
3: farola. Oh, boy. La farola. La farola.
0: Oh my God! I didn't see that the first time. What are we doing? Is this Pamplona? Let's say this is Pamplona. This isn't just some random idiot in a diaper running around, is it? It can't be. It shouldn't be. It won't be. It won't. look uh, 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 uh. Man's in a diaper. Boom. Look. Let me explain my side of this. If that were me, I would say this. Look. I know I ran into the pole. I know I was in a diaper or underwear, whatever. I can't explain why I was in underwear, but I can't explain why I ran into the pole. My focus was clearly on the bull. Wouldn't yours be, look at the bull. The bull's like, eh, I'll leave you alone. I focused on the bull. I didn't know there was a pole there. I didn't look to see if there was a pole there because I had a bull coming at me. So yeah, make fun of me if you'd like, because I'm running around in my underwear slash diaper. I prefer to see, say diaper. But, ladies and gentlemen, don't at me because of the pole. Come on. Who wouldn't hit the pole? You should hit the pole. That. Nah. Numero trace Number three. Boom. Man. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, now why are we taping a guy breaking a stick? I don't know. I don't know. Look at that. What hits him? Oh, it thing flied right out of his hand and hit him right in the face. Look, I don't know why we're filming this. I don't know. I can't know. I'll never know. But I got to ask why. Just why? Hey, look, break this stick. I'm going to film it. This will end up on Fafo TV. And if it gets on Fafo TV, oh, it's a golf club. Oh, okay. Oh, he had a bad round, and he's breaking it over his knee. What's this guy, Bobby Knight? You know how many times I saw the crazy man break a golf club over his knee? You know how many times I saw Nutso do that? Holy cow. Brand new driver, first hole. IU golf course, just him and me, 6.30 in the morning. Brand new driver. One goes right, one goes right, three balls right. Then he hooks one left, takes the driver, looks at me, snaps it on his knee, uh, walks back up to the clubhouse. I played 18 in about two and a half hours with his clubs, and I was done at about
3: 9,
0: 9.30. Yeah, it's all good. I don't know what to tell you. Don't break golf clubs. Numero four, cuatro We're bilingual here. Oh, this ain't going to go good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God dang. You know, let me ask you a question here. I have a weird view on certain things. Why and how? Look at this. Does he stick the landing from here, ladies and gentlemen? You know the answer to that. The answer, of course, is no. I love when Ryan has a little fun here. With these, but bo- hey Ryan and Dylan, answer me a question. How's it going that fast? Like, oh look at his back with his next frame. Oh. Why? How did they get it going that fast? Did they have like a car pushing it? Look at this guy. Girl, guy, I don't know. The, his partner gets out of the way. His partner sees impending doom. And if you look to the right, right, nah, keep it going. Right now, you're going to see the pop. one more frame. Let me see. I think you see his partner made the jump. You're going to see his partner feeling OK. See him over there on the right? There, His partner made it. It's incredible. <laughs> God, I love this show. All right, uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Cuatro, numero four. Oh! This is dumb.
1: It's voting season.
0: Season. Oh! No kidding. Watch this again, and watch the idiot on the roof taping this thing. Honest to God, look at this. There's a guy – look at a guy – Look at it. Watch to the right here. Look at him. He does it and he tapes it. Let me ask you crazy people a question. What's the goal here? What's the goal? Tell me, what's the goal? The goal is we're going to catch a tire. That's what we want to do. Man, look at that. Look at that left wrist. You got to keep your eye on the tire. I don't know what to tell you. You just, you got to keep your eye on the tire. And if you don't keep your eye on the tire, I cannot help you. You're going to break a wrist. You're going to hurt yourself. And who the hell wants to catch a tire? Fellas, that's awesome. Nick, too. Thank you. Dylan, Ryan. I love when you guys have a little fun. Feel free for the rest of the show. Hell, nobody's watching anyway. So go ahead and do whatever you want. Don't put pornography up there, but make fun. Do whatever. Hey, I got breaking news. I got breaking news. This comes from our crack staff. No, not our staff on crack. Our crack staff, the, Cl- the Browns, are close to signing running back Kareem Hunt to replace Nick Chubb. It should be done today. Remember the Colts brought in Kareem Hunt, and they said no, no, Mm-mm. no. Uh, he worked out for the Browns apparently to, uh, Wednesday. I guess. Wednesday? Yeah. Uh No. He worked out Tuesday and was expected to sign today. Now, look, that's a pretty good replacement. He played for the Browns 19-22. All right. I don't know. He's a good player. He's fast. Game changer. Let's go. I wish the Colts would have signed him. I wanted the Colts to sign him, but nobody listens to me, and they should. I'm sorry. They just should. Uh, let me go back to a couple of things. Hey, by the way, we got a new show. We got a new show. It's Donovan McNabb and Armando Sagara talking NFL twice a week right here on the network. There it is. The five spot. See what they did there? Donovan McNabb number is five. The five spot. It's the spot to go when you want to hear from number five. There you go. I think they're right about this. And if Donovan McNabb says it about quarterback play, I'm going to list. They can't believe what Brandon Staley is doing to Josh Herbert. They believe that Brandon Staley is hurting Josh Herbert. When I watched Josh Herbert the other day, he was okay. I look at this, I look at it differently. I think that Josh, Justin Herbert, I say Josh Herbert, what is, I think that Justin Herbert is a figment of the media and my imagination. He can sling it, he's in commercials, he's big, he's strong. I just don't think he's got the, uh, the goods. I don't think he's got the goods. If you were going to ask me right now, Anthony Richardson or Josh Herbert, I would say jo- uh, J- Justin Herbert. I would say Justin Herbert over Anthony Richardson, but ask me in a year. I got a feeling he's going to get hurt too much, but I got a feeling Anthony Richardson, he's got the goods, meaning he's got the it factor. He's got the toughness. He's got the Seinfeld deal where he brings people together. I watched Josh Herbert in his commercials, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think he's got what a guy like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning got, and that's the ability to bring people together. I don't think he does. You guys may think he does, and I'm good with that if you do, but I don't. I watch the eyes. I watch everything about certain people because I want the guy to be good. He seems like a nice kid, but remember he fell in the draft for a reason. Dead. Hey, look, it's day six, and I have not been able to ascertain, if you have, sent it to me, why Stetson Bennett, two-time national champ at the University of Georgia, has been taken off the roster for non-football stuff. Now, Stetson Bennett did get arrested this summer in Dallas for drinking too much and being an idiot. Maybe it's that. I don't know. I'm not afraid to speculate. Those of you that know me know this. I'm not afraid to speculate, but I will say this. It ain't football. And there's something going on that can't be good. All right, let's recap the betting segment that we have real quick. One of my former players, the great Brandon Part, is like, hey, Hammer's awesome. So let's recap Hammer. My bet was I'm going to take damn near anybody playing against Michigan State. It's not a house bet yet. I'm going to do some more research. It may elevate the house bet. I paint a little juice on it, minus 146, and I moved it from 7.5 to 6.5. I don't think Michigan State can play anymore. I think they're decimated. I think they're done. And I did watch Maryland the other day. Maryland's pretty good. Maryland's pretty athletic. And Tua Tungavailoa's brother, Tulia, or whatever the hell his name is, is pretty damn good as well. Second, UMass, given 3.5, To New Mexico. New Mexico, and believe me, fellas, as Hammer said, this money spends just as well as Notre Dame, Ohio State. Just as well as Colorado, Oregon money. Doesn't matter how it gets in the account. We just want money in our account. UMass is pretty good. Defense is pretty good. Now, they don't play great teams, and I'm not saying pretty good relative to the SEC or the Big Ten. I'm saying pretty good relative to the horse bleep teams. Pretty good. I ain't mad at UMass. I'll give the three and a half to New Mexico, and I think my toes are going to be tapping. And in Charlotte, I agree with Hammer. Here's what I've always said about college football. College football teams, it takes a while before you know if they're a real team. How do you know they're not a real team? I'll tell you. You beat uh, Tennessee. Real teams use that momentum and just pound who's ever next. Fake teams think about the win. Fake teams are out at the Swamp Bar doing shots, you know, trying to hit on you – know, and they're still thinking about the win against Tennessee on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. telling you, Charlotte, not horrible, not great. Again, relative to mediocre teams in NCAA, it's a four-touchdown spread. Four touchdowns is a hell of a lot. Four touchdowns in college football now – because of the way the clock runs, I ain't going to lie to you. That's not the easiest thing to do. So we'll win that bet, and we'll win it easy if we're Charlotte, assuming, ladies and gentlemen, they don't turn the ball over like clowns. If you turn the ball over like clowns, we got a problem. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what that parlay is going to pay me, and I'll give it to you again. We also got Mark Wahlberg, BGSU. Bowling Green State University, hockey in the news, and not for a good reason. We'll be right back.
3: Looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At Outkick, find exclusive promotions, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at outkick.com slash bet.
0: We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Uh, After the discussion with my man Hammer, this is the parlay that I am presenting. It's going to be Maryland. I moved it down to six and a half. I moved it to six and a half because Michigan State stinks. Michigan State's going to lose, and Michigan State deserves to lose. Everything bad bad should happen to Michigan State. Now, combining that parlay, I put UMass minus three and a half against New Mexico. Also in that parlay is Charlotte – plus 28 plus 28 against Florida the parlay is going to pay me 600 bucks on a $100 bet not the greatest but not the worst i'm sure i'm getting cheated here and it goes against all of my stuff that's right my stuff that i'm learning from billy walters and his book but you know what i'm feeling it baby and if it doesn't happen hey we're out of 100 bucks i don't know i don't know what to tell you but it is what it is But I like that parlay, and there's going to be plenty more. Tomorrow, Urban Meyer is going to join us at 9.30. We're going to talk about college football. We're going to preview Ohio State and Notre Dame. We're also going to talk about his visit with Deion Sanders and the University of Colorado football team. He was the only guy that I saw that came out and said, hey, look, look, ladies and gentlemen, we are not messing around. We're not messing around here. They're going to be good. You know, the opening line on Colorado was two and a half wins. It was the lowest in Division I football, major football. Did you know that? I did not. It was, and it is. All right, my friends at Bowling Green State University, BGSU. I coached there for 10 years. My father went there back in the 50s. Bowling Green State University hockey is a program that I followed. The hockey coach is Buddy Powers. And my guy, Scotty Pollack, a.k.a. Pooch, my neighbor, were great friends of mine when I was there. I loved the hockey program. Hockey in Bowling Green is a well-established traditional program. They actually won a national championship in 1980. They had two or three guys that played on the Miracle on Ice team. Well, guess what? The Bowling Green State University hockey program is under attack. They placed the hockey coach, Eigner, on administrative leave, and, ladies and gentlemen, they suspended three players for hazing. Now, the hazing took place at an off-campus event. It was reported to BGSU police, who launched their investigation. Man, wow. It's unbelievable. Let me go through this. Um, Bowling Green had a student die a couple years ago after a fraternity party. All right, here's the deal. Immediately on receiving a report of alleged hazing, the university notified local law enforcement. Head coach Ty Iger has been placed on administrative relief, pending full review. Let me ask you a question. I don't know what happened. I honestly don't know what happened. But I'm reading this statement, and I'm reading this statement from Bowling Green, and it is basically we're going to cover our ass. So I don't know why the coach – tell me why the coach has to be suspended and then we review. The coach should be coaching while the review is going on, unless, of course, they know something that they're not telling us, which is always the case. But I'm sitting here reading this, and all it is – is an advertisement for the CCHA, the Central Collegiate Hockey Association, and Bowling Green State University on how they're so proactive about hazing. Look, I don't give a damn what you do. I don't. But if three idiots decide to haze somebody on an off-camp at an off-campus apartment, explain to me how the hell that's the coach's fault. Look, I don't know. Of course now. Bowling Green had to pay $2.9 million to the family of Stone Fultz, the kid who got killed or died in a hazing incident at a fraternity house. I mean, I don't know. I guess we're supposed to hold everybody accountable, but I coached for a lot of years, and I talked, hey, look, we're not having that crap, blah, blah, blah. But if somebody did something at an off-campus party and you're going to get mad at me, you can kiss my backside with that. No, truly. I mean, damn. I mean, I hear all the time, about how we're supposed to love on and respect 18- to 23-year-olds. 18- to 23-year-old athletes are 90% of the time idiots, stone-cold idiots. Well, who brought the players there? Yeah, shut up. They're not men. They're not adults. They shouldn't be treated like adults. They're kids. They're idiots. They're morons. They want to be treated like adults, but, it, but they don't. I'm not sure that in, uh, in the world of OutKick, that we're going to go around hazing. We're adults. 18 to 23-year-olds are idiots. I used to tell my son, look, I've been 18 to 23. You haven't been 50 or 40 or 60 or however old. So shut up and listen. Jeez, I feel bad for this coach. Bowling Green State University is covering its ass, and I got to tell you, it's just... Ridiculous. All right, Mark Wahlberg, apparently this is big news. You ready? Marky Mark, brother of Donnie, brother-in-law of uh, Jenny McCarthy, the star of, I guess, uh, what was that show called? What, what was that show? I can't remember. Vinny Chase. What the hell's the name of that show? My brain just, I don't know. What the hell was the name of that show? Entourage. God, thank you. Apparently, it was based on his life. He's eyeing an exit from acting. I won't be acting that much longer. Oh, my God, say it isn't so. Say it isn't so. Donnie Wahlberg, the underwear-wearing stud singer of whatever group he was in, the owner of Wahlbergers, host of many reality shows, he was in Entourage, he was Entourage. Are you kidding me? He's not going to be acting much longer. Oh, my God, I don't know what I am going to do. I don't know. Oh. Huh. I could care less. Anyway, but I like it. ESPN New York Radio is going to lose its FM signal. It'll be AM and digital only starting next year. In and of itself, that's no big deal, but I gotta tell you. New York, baby, Jeff Schmullian started Sports Talk Radio WFAN in New York. New York is the Mecca of sports talk radio. In Indianapolis, we get sad when I would hang up on callers. We get sad. When I would tell somebody, "Now you're an idiot. Get off my line. In New York, Philadelphia, and Boston, it's expected. It's the hub. And to see sports talk radio get diminished in New York City shows you one thing. People are tired of ESPN. ESPN's radio stuff is awful. It's horrible. I worked with Chris Canty one time. Monday after the NCAA selection show, he didn't know one team. I'm sitting there going, wow. But now he's a host. Name me who is the morning show on ESPN Radio? Mike and Mike carried that. Now we gotta listen to substitutes on Greeny, and every affiliate's gotta take it. No wonder ESPN Radio sucks. No wonder ESPN is going down the tubes on affiliates. The product sucks. That's right, the product sucks. Hey, I guess this is big news. You know, remember, remember that alien? that they found in Mexico? They found an alien in Mexico, all right? That's right, they found an alien. People said the body was doctored. Well, Mexican officials and doctors are saying no. This body has not been doctored at all. This is real, ladies and gentlemen, so there you go. I don't know why every alien's gotta look like this. I feel like at some point in our world, back in the day, Some dudes in Hollywood actually saw aliens, because every alien looks just like this. It's incredible to me. They all have the same face, the same eyes, the same build. They're all little. What if aliens were huge? What if aliens were descendants of, oh, I don't know. What if they were descendants of dinosaurs? You tell me. I don't know. But it hasn't been absolutely Verified. All right. I agree with you, Gritty. Mark Wahlberg is a great dude. I have read about him. I do like him. I don't know why I was snarky there. And Donnie is married. Although Gritty, if you were listening to the show, when Jenny McCarthy came on, she and I had a real connection. Yeah, we did. It was a love connection. She started following me and DMing me. True story. My wife, Lee, was dating me at the time. She goes, look, I listened to that. If you want to take a swing with Jenny McCarthy, I think you got a chance. I do. JPG Rules, man, uh, said this. JPG Rules says D.D. is half woman at times. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. No question about it. I tell my wife all the time, I love love songs. I like romantic movies. I cry at weddings. You're damn right I do. Hey, JPG, if you want to find out the other half, Anytime you'd like, because you're a bit of a pain in the ass on here, and I'm getting tired of you. But, hey, what are you going to do? Hide under a fake name, and away you go. You can talk about anybody. Anytime you see me, JPG, let's see what other half of the half woman, half man. I'm threatening people on this show, damn it. That's right, Dylan. We don't take no mess here. I asked Dylan the other day about something. He said, yeah, I'll put him in a headlock for a half an hour. That's right. That's what we do here. Don't at me, people. Don't even think about atting me. This was really sad news. This was unbelievable. And we all, no, that's not true. I never believe we all as a society should be ashamed of ourselves. As a society, these phones suck. Let me go through this. The widow of Dan Mooney. You know who Dan Mooney is? Dan Mooney was a father of two, 30 years old. He went to the Patriots game. Dan Mooney apparently got beaten to death by a Dolphins fan. That's unbelievable. Got punched a couple times. Apparently the first one was a sucker punch. You know, I cannot stand little white guy or little black guy that wears his jersey, gets drunk at a football game, and acts tough. It's either little guy or fat-ass guy. I've had enough of you. Stop fighting at sporting events, you idiots. Stop fighting each other. Stop beating the hell out of each other. It's Sunday. I tell you what they should do at NFL games. They should stop serving alcohol. Just don't serve it. We ain't serving it. till you people stop killing each other, we ain't serving it. You want to bring your own in? Good luck. You want to get drunk before you get in? We're going to have breathalyzers. Screw you people that get hammered on a Sunday and then start beating the hell out of each other. Jets, cowboys, massive fight. Blood everywhere. What are you doing? I got guys on Twitter saying, Dan, what about the people that were holding up their phones videotaping this just videotaping fights how about stepping in you idiots how about stepping in and stopping people from fighting you clowns how about stepping in and helping old ladies how about stepping in and stopping people from robbing and raping you idiots what are you doing this guy goes to a football game look i don't know the backstory nobody knows the backstory I don't know but i do know there's video of sh- it shows him getting sucker punched had a seizure of some sort and killed. I hope the dude that does it, nobody's going to talk about it. You don't hear, here's the deal. The white media isn't going to talk about this. Now, put this guy as an African-American and Joe Biden, Kirk Herbstreet, uh Chris Ballard, Randy Moss would all be balling. It's just like those idiot black kids that decided they were going to go and kill a white guy on a bike and then laugh about it in Las Vegas. Have you heard the media outrage on that? Has Joe Biden said a word about it? Huh? No. Has Chris Ballard cried about it? Has Randy Moss or Kirk Herbstreet whined about it and told white people to do better? No. It's crap. It's complete and utter crap, and I'm sick of it. Screw you idiots that fight at football games. I am all for putting them in the town square and cutting off the peepee. Yeah, that's what we should do. Don't you think, Dylan? Put him in the town square and get some. I got, I'll, I'll donate my, my uh, whatever you call it, shears. Slice it off. You guys that beat that guy to death have no sack, no balls, no sack, no nothing, nothing. Seriously. You guys suck. I'm so tired of dipshit white guy. I am. I'm so tired of big mouth guy going to football games or basketball games and acting like idiots. I've had enough. You know, if the media would start talking about it, if the media would start calling this stuff out, it would pressure football teams to actually do something about it. I'll tell you what I'd do. Or I'd just sell weed. Yeah, I'd sell weed. Get a bunch of zombies going around a football game. Damn. We're killing people in parking lots of football games. We're fighting in the stands. Now a guy, another guy is dead. We're fighting every weekend. I remember some little scrawny-ass white guy in front of my daughter and my niece said, I'll knock the white off you. I said, I'm right here, bruh. <laughs> you know, everybody's a tough guy until they get called on their Bolshevik. Just pisses me off. It's just sickening. It's just absolutely sickening. The NFL brings it on themselves. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's the NFL's fault. Yeah, that's JPG. Yeah, it's the NFL's fault certainly isn't people's fault. Certainly isn't the fact there's no accountability in our society. Of course not. No. Absolutely. It's the NFL's fault. Yeah, okay. Uh, Here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars is on TV, which means Dancing with the Stars is on ABC, which means Dancing with the Stars is very far left liberal. So they can get away with this apparently. Apparently, they have decided in their infinite wisdom that Adrian Peterson, he of the abusive dad, beating on his kids many times, allegedly, he gets to go on Dancing with the Stars. You think if Anthony or Adrian Peterson was a white dude, has there ever been a dude that was a child abuser that went on Dancing with the Stars? Do you think? Serious business. Like, this dude is big and strong and tough and nasty, got, you know... A little child abuse, I guess. What's the big deal? Dancing with the stars. It's ridiculous. You're telling me, look, we want an athlete. We want an African-American athlete. Really? You can't find anybody better than Adrian Peterson? Uh, What's he going to do? Beat the hell out of the judges with a switch? If he loses, what's he going to do? Intimidate the judges? Or maybe that's not Anthony Peterson's, Adrian Peterson's style. Maybe Adrian Peterson's style is the only beat-up little kids. I don't know. But I got to tell you, uh, Adrian Peterson on Dancing with the Stars is absolutely ridiculous. You're a tough guy, Adrian. You were on the field, and apparently you are in real life. You showed that four-year-old what's what. You showed a what's what. All right. There you go. Man. But you know what? The DEI score. What is it? Dumbass, E-something, and idiots. The DEI score. We got to have a good DEI score. Oh, okay. All right. Peterson pled no contest. He was indicted by a grand jury. He was fined four grand, fined 80 hours of community service, two years probation. Uh, Yeah, there you go. A little kid abuser. Sharon Burgess is a pro. She's been on this show forever. She said this, I'm telling you right now, if I walked into a room and that was my partner, I would turn around and walk right out, there's no way being a mother I can stomach that. Cheryl Burke, who's been on there forever, says, I respect Burgess, of course. I came from abuse as a little kid. At the end of the day, he shouldn't be on. But hey, you think they care? They don't care. Their DEI score. We got a black athlete. Look at our DEI score. That's all it is. We know this. Ladies and gentlemen, hundreds of students walked out of a Pennsylvania high school. That's right. To protest the trans bathroom policy. How about that? Transgender kids can use whatever bathroom they want. John Ott organized the walkout of the Perkiman Valley School District opted when uh, after the Percodin Valley School District opted not to adopt a policy that would force students to use restrooms with correspond with their biological sex. Can you believe we're talking about this stuff? Can you believe we're actually having a conversation about high schools allowing boys to pee in girls' bathrooms? Can you believe this? It is unconscionable. And I'm going to go speak to a bunch of superintendents, and I may say, screw you talking about mentors. I may say, get the hell out of the job if you cannot separate boys from girls in schools, in bathrooms. 400 students walked out. Of course they did. The safety of females is so important, and these students that stood out that walked out, they're to be commended. This is about protecting our children and our privacy and boys and girls. It's simple biology. Listen to this. One parent bitched. Policy 720 was proposed when a parent named Tim Jagger said his daughter felt too upset. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. This guy's a hero. Felt his daughter was too upset and emotionally disturbed to walk into school's bathroom after having an encounter with a male using the facility. I love Jagger. Jagger says there's no reason for someone with male genitalia to be in the girls' facility. It's biology, safety. Freaking idiots. All they want is a transgender bathroom. Give them their own bathroom. Freaking idiots. Absolutely idiots. Man. Do we think it's accurate? This is Jason Saylor. Do we think it's accurate and fair that students should have access to any bathroom they want, depending on how they identify? Do we think that's appropriate? It's my personal decision. I don't. There you go. You shouldn't have access to nothing. Boys shouldn't be in girls' bathrooms. Girls shouldn't be in boys' bathrooms. That's just the way it is. And I don't give a damn if you get mad at me. This thing makes me crazy. I don't know what's going on in school. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> but I'm glad I'm not a teacher, and I'm glad my daughter isn't either. All right. Woke a dope me, baby. What the hell is going on in this world? I'm so pissed off, I can't even believe it. <sighs> what do you got? Dear New Yorker, bet my boy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know the deal with Donald Trump? The deal with Donald Trump is everything they say. Everything he has said. I'm not talking about the sex stuff. or the, well, Shut up. Everything he said has come true. The mayor of Moscow, the wife of the mayor of Moscow, gave Biden family $100 billion, billion dollars, $3 billion, whatever. Everything he said has come true. We need a wall. We need border security. New York said no. We're a sanctuary city. My neighbor put up a sign. Nobody's illegal. Yeah, my ass. Drop a freaking van load of illegals in my neighborhood, and I'm telling you right now, I'm boarding up the doors and I'm getting a shotgun, because I'm telling you, I've worked too hard for what I have. I don't care if you get mad at me about it or not. Donald Trump's not wrong. Wall would have looked great. Wall would look great. Don't understand why anyone would be against it. But you know what? They are. By the way, Obama chimed in today. He's all excited that everybody that gets a driver's license is automatically registered to vote. Uh You see what you're doing here? Anyone can go get a driver's license. So they're signing up illegals and the do-nothing president, the most woke president. By the way, what happened to Obama's chef? We know what happened with Laura Boebert, but we don't even have any idea what happened to Obama's chef. Oh, he drowned. How'd he drown? Why'd Obama have all kind of stuff on his hands? These people are evil people, and they're all going to hell. And you'll get your last laugh when you're up there and they're down there. When they go to hell, you'll be laughing at them. Yeah, how smart were you then? Bombs. And Big Mike, by the way, I'm hearing Big Mike may run for president. Big Mike, Michelle Obama, she runs for president. God bless her. She's got great arms. (laughs) What's next? I love Big Mike. Big Mike. It's my favorite nickname for anybody ever. Dude, where's my F-35? Where's your F-35, dude? Yeah, dude, dude, I lost my F-35, most expensive plane in our fleet. Dude, what's going on? Dude, oh, dude, how do you lose a plane? We got infrared goggles on Lauren Boebert, but we lose planes. We don't know who's doing crack in the situation room. We don't know who leaked the Supreme Court. We don't know what happened to Obama's chef. Wait till I spring that one on Twitter this afternoon. We don't know what happened with Obama's chef. Racist! Uh, did D.D. just accuse Obama of foul play? Just throw that crap out there. Just asking questions, right? No, I'm wanting to know. No, all of a sudden his chef's dead and we don't know why. How'd he drown? How'd he drown? Why Why's Obama got stuff on his hands? Well, I mean, you know, why? It's simple questions. You want to get mad? Get mad. I don't care. Simple questions. Everybody else dies. There's a full inquiry. Vince Foster dies. We don't know. It's suicide. Jeffrey Epstein dies. Ah, suicide. Cameras just turned off. Yeah. All right. What happened to Obama's chefs? Why did we have a leak from the Supreme Court that we've never found? We find everything. We got cocaine in the White House Situation Room. Very few people in there. We don't know who did it. If you don't understand it, then you're a whack job. And I got to tell you, I literally have no respect for people that could even support. Begin to support these idiots, and if you do, God bless you. The big guy. You think the big guy's doing coke? I do. I think everybody's doing coke. I'm not doing coke. That freaking drug scared me that I took last Monday. All right, what's number three here? What a great day. God, I'm in a good mood. Fetterman goes to Senate. Look at this freaking idiot. My God. Look at this guy. You know he looks like a little bit? It looks like G. Gordon Libby. G. Gordon Libby, the craziest of all people ever to set foot in Washington. You don't believe me. Read his book. Check him out. I read his book a long time ago. Dude was nuts. Dude was insane. But anyway, long story short, he's the new G. Gordon Liddy, Bald mustache, crazy. But this guy doesn't even know where he is. I want to end the show. Can we go back and play the audio as we end the show? From John Fetterman, I want to thank everybody for being here. The YouTube chat is just pumping. Did D.D. just accuse Obama of foul play? Hell, yeah. I accuse everybody. If he didn't do nothing, then what what happened to the chef? What happened to Vince Foster? What, (laughs) What happened to Jeffrey Epstein? We don't know. We'll never know. YouTube chat, you're awesome. Yeah, I'm with you. Otter Creek says, I would love to see a debate between Fetterman and Biden. How good would that bad boy be? Hey, if you got any thoughts on mentors, hit me up. Nick, great job. Ryan, Dylan, fantastic. Nick Squared, thank you. Jen, the Booker, thank you. I think it's Jen, the Booker. I got to look that up. She's unbelievable. We might have to get Jenny McCarthy back on. She won't will remember, but there was some tension. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we got a great, great group here, and it's fun. Aaron, you're the best. Gary, thank you. To everybody else, you're awesome that joined us today. Keep growing this show. It's becoming the best show on TV, no matter what time. Let's end with John Fetterman. Have a great day, everybody.
1: My message to the, the, CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, it's $74 million, you know, collectively earning that. You know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to, to, yacht, to, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, I don't know.